Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Tea with the Queen. As ever, I am joined by Miss Amy Banks. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Amy. Thank you for joining me again. Today, guys, I thought we would do something a little bit different. So up until this point, the podcasts have been all about your legal questions, um, whether that be finance, whether that be children, all sorts of bits and pieces. And the reason for that is because my social media channel started by helping people do their own family court matters. So helping you do the divorce yourself or helping you do children yourself or whatever it might be. But I thought for those of you that perhaps don't want to do it yourself or perhaps you've started to do it yourself and now you're looking to instruct a solicitor, we thought it would be a good idea to maybe give you some top tips as to what you need to be asking your solicitor or what you need to be checking out before you actually instruct them to help you with your matter. So between the two of us, we've come <laughs> up with the top 10 questions. Yeah. Amy more so than me, really. Amy did a bit of a deep dive on my social media and managed to bring up the top 10 questions that people are asking when they're thinking about getting a solicitor. Yeah, so what I'll do is I'm going to ask Tracy uh, yep. the questions and then Absolutely. she's going to fire away and answer them for you guys. I'll so, try. Yeah. <laughs> so we will start with the first question. It is, how will the solicitor communicate? So that's really important because sometimes a client has a preference for phone calls. You know, not everybody is on their email or is on their phone. Other people who are maybe working in an open plan environment don't want the phone calls, they want the emails. Your solicitor needs to be able to communicate with you in a way that suits you best. And another example of that is that a lot of times I'm on the phone on a Saturday morning to my clients yeah. simply because they cannot speak during the day, they're open plan. They're kind of tied up after work with children or perhaps they are still living with the soon-to-be ex and the only time that they can do it is, you know, Saturday morning. They might be taking one of the kids to football practice um, and while the child is at practice, they're in the car having a chat with me. Yeah. That's really important. Let your solicitor know what kind of communication you prefer and when you prefer that communication. Yeah, and another one was obviously how we work as a firm. Um, we do everything remotely, like over the phone and things yes. like that. Um, it's whether they are face-to-face -face appointments, that kind of what preference yes. you have. Because some people like that contact. They um, do. And, and we've had a few people that have reached out to myself. Yeah. Um, and of course, because I'm nationwide, obviously, if you live near to where the office is, 100% pop yeah. in and, and happy to do a face-to-face. -face. But for the majority of people, it is over the phone or via Teams. And you're quite right. Yeah. Sometimes people like more of a hand-holding approach and they want to be able to pop in to the solicitor's office, it makes them feel more secure. So check that as well, because since COVID, more and more of us are doing it online and over the phone. Yeah, and it makes sure. it easier, I think, makes it more flexible too. Like you yeah. were saying just a minute ago, you could be in the car. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you definitely, absolutely. You definitely will want the phone calls then. Yeah, 100%, that's Perfect. right. Right, question number two, yes. what are their costs? Yes, this is key. So you really wanna find out, a lot of people say, well, um, what do you charge per hour? And of course I will tell them what that is, but is that the most important question? Because what you don't know as the layperson is how many hours that's gonna take. Yeah. So you, your solicitor tells you they charge 200 pounds an hour or 300 pounds an hour, but how many hours are they gonna be working on your case for? 
So, and also the other tip to, to know is that sometimes part of your case can be a fixed fee and part yeah. of it can be on an hourly rate basis. So to give a further example of that, we will oftentimes do the divorce that isn't contentious. Both parties are agree in agreement to the same and we'll do that on a fixed fee. So there's the price for that. We'll take you from A to Z of the divorce. You can forget about any further costs for that. But if the finances, for example, aren't agreed and we're going to court, that's going to be on an hourly rate basis. And then as a solicitor, we are obliged to give you a cost estimate. Yeah. So we do have to set down what we think that's going to be. And it's really difficult in the first consultation to say, right, from A to Z, it's going to be this. Because with litigation, it may not go all the way to Z. So what I try and do is say, well, it'll definitely go to D. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> to give you a price from A to D yeah. you know, for the, to the first hearing. And then I'll keep giving you cost estimate after that. But it's really important to know what you're looking at. And once your matter gets going, for your solicitor to give you regular updates. I was going to ask that. Can they yeah. get a regular update of it? 100%. Each time you are given a quote, let's say it's 3,000, you've paid the 3,000 and then that's gone and your solicitor's asking you for more money, you need to say, right, what is the next piece of work that needs to be done and how much is that going to cost? Yeah, and I yeah. also think it's always important to remember about the VAT because I think yes. a lot of people forget about that Yeah, and they get their bill and then they're like, well, I wasn't told that and it's like, yeah, but it's plus the VAT. Yeah, so it's so always going to be plus the VAT. Yeah. Now, we're quite good where we are. We will always say X amount plus VAT, yeah. X amount plus VAT. <laughs> but it's a good question to ask. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you're speaking to somebody on the phone um, you phoned up the solicitor's office and they give you a quote. Is that inclusive of VAT or do I need to add the VAT, VAT on? Yeah. Good, good question. Good point. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next question kind of flows really nicely onto that is who will work on your case? I guess yeah. with costs too. And this is really important for in, in, in building into costs um, because whilst you need the solicitor, who is always going to be the more expensive to give you the advice, and tell you the strategy and where your case is going. What you don't want is the solicitor stood by the photocopier preparing your bundle. No, you so don't generally, want that. most law firms, we will have a range of skills. So in my firm, we'll have obviously myself, who is the solicitor. I'll have a trainee solicitor who's a lot cheaper than me and then admin people who are a lot cheaper than me again. So the admin people are going to be doing the photocopying, the scanning, the chasing the court for a hearing date, none of which you need any legal experience for. Oh, the fun for. jobs. The, <laughs> the uh, trainee solicitor might be doing the form filling. So we do need a little bit of legal experience for that, but you certainly don't need to be paying a solicitor to sit down and fill your forms out. So again, ask who forms part of the team? Who will I be dealing with? There's nothing more disconcerting than if you speak to me and you know me as Tracy, but then you get an email from a Vicky or a Tammy <laughs> or an Amy and you think, well, who are these people emailing me? So it's really important to know at the outset what the team is or who the team are 
that you're going to be working with. Yeah. And, yeah. and what they do. Yeah. You know, I would always introduce you as my legal assistant. Eloise is the trainee solicitor. Tammy is more our admin person. Yeah. So people then know. People feel more secure as well because they know exactly when they pick up the phone, it's like Tammy or Vicky. Yeah. They're like, oh, I know who you it's are. It's almost getting and what that bond do. there too. It's yeah. like you have a bond with the solicitor, you kind of you do get the staff. Um, you, and I also think if you're expecting an email and you just all of a sudden get an email from someone, they're like, is this yes. someone part of your firm or is yes. it a spam email? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, is it spam? And I also think it's important to know when you're expecting an email because sometimes we go in the spam because they've not True. emailed us yet. True. And we're like, well, we've definitely sent it, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where it's gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. Right, the next one is, does the solicitor have experience in litigation? This is important if your matter is going to court. Um, not every solicitor will have a lot of experience in litigation for a variety of reasons. And there's nothing wrong with that. If your solicitor isn't experienced in going to court, that's fine. Not every solicitor enjoys that. Some solicitors will actively you know, stay away from that. And that's absolutely fine. But if you know that your matter is going to be contested, in other words, you and your ex aren't going to agree, and there's a good chance this is going to court, it's worth asking the question of your solicitor, have you had court experience? Because if they haven't, and you need to perhaps have a barrister represent you, that's going to be really expensive. Yeah. To give you guys an idea, even a half day hearing, we're looking at thousands. We're looking at two to three to four thousand plus the VAT <laughs> for a barrister, yeah. um, which can be pricey. Yeah. So again, if your solicitor can help you out, especially when a lot of our court hearings, the first few hearings can be via Teams, so yeah. the solicitor can do it from their office, but again, ask them ask the question do you have experience are you comfortable doing litigation will you be able to be there with yeah, me the availability i think is yeah yeah because yeah. you've got to be flexible because you can get a hearing date and then it can move exactly yeah. and the great thing about your solicitor being able to be at court with you is they know every single detail of your case yeah the barrister only knows what the solicitor puts in the brief so what the solicitor tells the barrister and sometimes yeah. it can be the little detail that really helps out at court yeah definitely and i think you, again it's with the bond isn't it they've built that with you yeah so they feel it comfortable yeah, yeah definitely perfect right next question is what can the solicitor tell you about cases like yours yeah so i think this is really key when i'm doing a consultation with a client and let's say it's a children's matter let's say it's a father who hasn't seen his child for a long time, I will let them know when I'm talking about prospects of success and I'm giving that client some advice about how likely they are to succeed, I will of course refer to other cases that I have done. Because what a client wants to know is whilst we have the case law that we can rely upon, we also wanna know what judges are doing in the moment. Because yeah. times change issues change you know we tend to go through periods where we can see a lot of maybe drug misuse and that might fade away over a 10-year period and yeah. then we might go into where we see a lot of alcohol abuse yeah. and it's how are judges treating these new issues or these different issues that are coming before the court clients want to know that yeah. you know they want to know as part of their prospects of success 
ideally, how are the courts looking at cases like mine? So it's good as a solicitor to be able to share previous cases that you've done that are very similar to your client's case. Yeah, and definitely not, and it's not unrealistic as well. They're not just trying to feed yeah. feed you a, a story that's uh, to make them go with you. You kind of, you need to have that realisticness yeah, to it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and it gives you confidence in the solicitor that actually if they've run a few cases like yours yeah. before, then they know what they're doing. No, you definitely. Know? Yeah. Perfect. Right. Next question is, how long will the case take? Yeah, so this generally is a great question to ask when you're talking about costs because the longer it goes on, the more it's going to cost. Very difficult, though, for a solicitor to answer this at the first consultation. And I'll be really honest with my clients and say, I will answer that question for you, but can I perhaps write to the other side first and get their response? And then I'm going to be able to gauge their position. If the other side comes back to me after I've written to them and says, you know what, go on then, I'll negotiate with you or I'll try mediation, chances are this isn't going to be a long, protracted, drawn yeah. out, litigated case. If the other side come back to me, and when I say the other side, doesn't necessarily mean the other side's solicitor. It might even be the other side who's a litigant in person. But if they come back to me and they are very positional and it's very clear from their email or their telephone call that they are not for turning, mm. that's going to mean it's a longer case. So it's a difficult question to answer when you're first speaking to your client. Yeah. The better thing, I think, is to wait until you've got a sense of where the other side are. Yeah. What what stance are they taking? And also if they're in court, you know, it's going to be a lot longer. Yes. And we've also found with the courts, I think the higher up north you are, the quicker the court system is working, yeah. but the closer you are to London... It's, it there's slows a massive down. backlog. Absolutely, yeah. it, it it really does slow down. Obviously, if you're in court, you're then it's then a twofold issue because it's not just the other side and how positional they yeah. are, but as Amy says, it's also the court that you're in and how backlogged they are. Yeah, that can delay it. Even though the other side might be willing <laughs> to agree, it might be the court that just can't get us in. For a hearing date yeah definitely enjoy chasing the courts when it's up north <laughs> yeah. compared to london we'll be on there for about two hours on hold <laughs> oh perfect right next question is is should you try to settle absolutely i will always encourage the three steps my three golden steps step number one kitchen table discussion try not to get anybody involved in the beginning the more third parties you get involved the more expensive it's going to be However, if round the kitchen table doesn't work, then mediation is the next step. Mediation is less confrontational. You are still fully in charge of mediation, you and your ex. You are still making decisions together as a couple, but with a little bit of direction from a neutral third party. And that's really important. Mediators are neutral. If step two doesn't work and you move on to step three, which typically will be litigation, everybody takes a position then we're involving strategy yeah. then you know we we are not neutral as lawyers we've got our clients back the courts aren't interested in emotion they are looking at fact so it then becomes very positional and and obviously it's difficult it's difficult on the pocket it's difficult on the yeah. on the stress and the anxiety that comes with that 
So I'm always encouraging parties to settle, as long as that settlement is fair and reasonable and nobody is being taken advantage of. No, definitely. Yeah. That is a very good point to make. Thank and you. we also did a podcast with a mediator. So if you want to find out yes. a little bit more. Good friend of mine, Debbie. I did yeah. a podcast with her recently and she is a mediator. So if you guys are thinking about mediation, check that out. Yeah, because I mean, I learned a lot <laughs> just <Yeah>. from that <laughs> podcast. It was really interesting. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so there was a, um, some other questions that, was, uh, that were floating out there. And they were, can I have a different solicitor for different matters? You can. So a few of my solicitors are maybe instructing me to do the family yeah. side of things. They might have a will solicitor who's sorting out their will and at the same time have a conveyancing solicitor if we're selling before matrimonial home. You may even have a solicitor who's dealing with your finance and divorce and another solicitor who's dealing with your children matter. Now, I wouldn't recommend that. That's going to be my next question. Would I you recommend I wouldn't recommend <laughs> that. And when I'm saying other solicitors, I'm meaning in other firms. Within the firm is fine. If you have maybe a partner that's dealing with your finance and your divorce, and then maybe an associate solicitor in the same firm dealing with your children, that's okay. But where you've got a family solicitor in one firm and a family solicitor in another firm, it, it could, you could become unstuck because at different firms, those solicitors aren't talking to each other. Yeah. And there might be stuff that comes out in your children's matter that you can actually use in your finance matter. And as a lay person, you might not think to tell the other solicitor yeah. that. So in, you can instruct different solicitors in the same firm or different solicitors in different firms for different areas of law. I guess, would, be mine. would your fees not even increase? Because you're probably repeating yourself sometimes to potentially. your other, other Yeah, potentially. If you're dealing with, with two different solicitors, yeah, you might be repeating and therefore have higher costs. Good point. Right, next question, okay. number nine. Okay. <laughs> so how often do you have to pay solicitors bills? And can I pay them at the end? Would that be an option? So how often you pay them will depend on the firm. My firm sends out bills every Friday just because the majority of my clients, they do like to be kept up to date with costs. Other firms will send their bills out monthly. When you say, can you pay at the end? Yes, you can. It will depend on the firm. Sometimes I would say smaller firms don't like that because it can cause a cash flow problem for smaller firms. Larger firms are sometimes more agreeable to that yeah. because if you say yes to one, you've got to say yes to everybody. So if everyone's paying at the end of the matter, a small firm might struggle because some matters can go on for a year or 18 yeah. months. And of course, you've got to be sure that at the end of your matter, you can actually pay the solicitor. Sometimes firms will do what's called a Sears tooth agreement, whereby you don't pay anything and then the solicitor will take all of their fees at the end from the lump sum that, you're, that you get. Yeah. Um, but the solicitor will have to assess and make sure that you are actually going to get some finances at the end of the matter. So the proper answer would be it will depend on where you go to, what firm that you're with. Yeah. How about like a payment plan? Would that potentially be an option? Say Absolutely. They don't, it's not even just the end of the month. They want yep. to do every two weeks yep. or something like that. A lot of my clients have payment plan, uh, plans. A lot of my clients have sort of run up larger bills and then we're not in court for four months. Yeah. So what they will say to me is, I've got X amount outstanding, Trace. Can I now pay you £500 a month for the yeah. next four months? And I'll be all caught up by the time we go back to court again. 
it will depend on your firm. Yeah. It will depend on the CEO or the partners as to whether they're going to be in agreement to that. But the important thing is ask. Yeah, because if you, if don't, you ask, don't ask, yeah. you're not going to know. You know, no, some some firms are very strict and they want all the money up front, and they want you to maybe put a retainer of five thousand pounds or a thousand pounds, depending on what your case is going to cost up front on account first. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Question number ten: Can I change solicitor at any stage? I think this is a good one because no one ever knows. <laughs> yeah, you you absolutely can. All I would say is, and obviously I'm talking about it from a family law perspective, at any stage throughout the proceedings, if you're not happy, you can change. However, know that when you change solicitor, your new solicitor does have to get up to speed and they will have to read all of the papers in your case and that they won't do that for free. That's going to cost them yeah. because it might take them an hour, two hours, I've taken on cases that have been running for a couple of years and there looks to be no end in sight yeah. and they wish to change solicitors and it's taken me maybe a whole weekend yeah. to read through all of the papers and I need to charge for that, you know. What I will generally do is say to the client, look, send me through all the papers first so I can see what it is. I'll print everything out. Yeah. I can see the volume. Yeah. And then I'll give the client a quote. Look, this is what I'm going to quote you to get through all of this so I'm actually able to give you some advice in the first place. So, so just know that. But yes, to answer your question, you can change at any time through yeah. the proceedings. Absolutely. Even if, can you go from having a solicitor to wanting to act on your, like, as a, as a litigant person? Is that an option as well? Yeah, absolutely. You can be a litigant in person and instruct a solicitor who will go on the record as acting for you. And then it, a lot of my clients, again, have found that that's too expensive and they've gone back to being a litigant in person. And I just come off the record, let the court know that my client's not represented anymore and they continue to be a litigant in person. So you can do whatever it is that you need to do yeah. in accordance with not only what you need, but with your budget as well. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the best scenario is that you can instruct a solicitor for the whole process, but not everyone can do that. Yeah. So you just do what best suits you, is yeah. what I would say to people. Yeah, and that's what's so key about all the points, I mean, going through them. Yeah, absolutely. So don't be afraid to ask. The points that we've just covered, definitely when you're instructing a new solicitor. The other thing that you want to maybe be thinking about is make sure they've got a license to practice. Yeah. The reason I say that is that there are other alternatives to legal representation out there. Mackenzie Friends, for example, are, are invaluable. They're people that will help you, but they're not legally qualified. They don't hold a practicing certificate. How you know if someone has a practicing certificate or a solicitor has a practicing certificate get onto the SRA, the Solicitors Regulation Authority. All solicitors in England and Wales need to be regulated and they need to hold a practicing certificate. The other thing that I would say is look at the reviews on the website. Yeah. Always do your research into not just the solicitor but the firm. You know, make sure that they have a good reputation, that they're long-standing I've had a few clients over the 20 years that I've been practicing that have come to me and said, my law firm just disappeared. They shut down, they wow. they went into liquidation or whatever it was. Yeah. I can't even get hold of my file, what do I do? So it does happen. So make sure that you go to a reputable firm, yeah. a firm that's got long standing, a good reputation, 
and and that way I think you you know you won't be disappointed yeah and getting recommendations I mean we get quite a lot of clients don't we that come from recommendations of being at the firm and yeah. and having because if you've got people that have gone through what you're going through which nowadays it is really common yeah. having that recommendation there you already know if whether it's successful or unsuccessful but you know what they've been through and, and the process yes. so you've already got that idea ahead yeah even if it's just to say to you I've been through it and I didn't get a solicitor and it worked for me yeah. or it didn't work for me you know sometimes a recommendation for a firm's great but sometimes just somebody else's shared experience is also good the other thing that you need to know as well is when you engage a solicitor they will have to give you terms and conditions and a client care letter so make sure that you make that you get your T's and C's and your client care letter that you read through it you're happy with it you sign it and send it back most good solicitors will insist that you have T's and C's signed anyway because yeah. it protects the solicitor um, but it's also good for you to know because in the T's and C's you'll know as to how the firm operates there'll be no hidden surprises down the line yeah definitely and I definitely thoroughly read it because you do get a lot of people that are like well I didn't know I was going to be charged that email but yeah. you just have to it will it will give the structure of the way that the firm works yeah absolutely and I also think like a really good point is just don't be afraid to ask things I think with the terminology yeah and everything like that ask your solicitor because the legal like lingo I mean even now I'm like Tracy what does that mean yeah. and all you need is just a simple explanation yeah and don't, then you've don't got be it. afraid solicitors sometimes forget themselves in that regard you know you've got to think that we're reading legal documents all day yeah. we're reading case law we're reading letters from other solicitors so sometimes when we open our mouth a load of legal jargon does come yeah. out so it's really important don't be afraid to say to your solicitor I have no clue what you've just said to me yeah what does that mean in layman's terms yeah because again a solicitor will understand and nine times out of ten I'll say oh, I'm so sorry I've <laughs> gone into whole legal speak yeah. then this is what I'm actually saying to you that's fine because you need that clarity you need to be able to understand remember you are employing the solicitor the the solicitor is providing you a service so if you're not happy with that service let them know yeah. you know that it, it's all about communication and I can't stress that enough because the amount of people that say to me I just find solicitors really intimidating and we don't mean to be intimidating no. at all if a client says to me I don't get that trace I'm not happy with that I feel really bad I'm like god I'm so sorry I'm so glad you told me yeah and now I'll do something to fix it up I think you just get in such a like mindset I mean you do. us girls sit there in the office and Google's our best friend sometimes when you're typing up a letter and you read the word and I'm like I have never heard that <laughs> word before in my life am I hearing it correctly I'm typing it I'm trying to get the explanation I'm like well that one's going on my uh, little list of words that I want to use do I ever remember them no <laughs> but at least I know how to spell them <laughs> and you know what I'll let you into a secret sometimes my opposition not all of them but there's a select few <laughs> who have clearly had maybe a private education yeah. and they will send me very lengthy wordy letters I too will look some words up on Google yeah oh we've got the secrets so out now <laughs> <laughs> girls so are you listening are you listening now <laughs> even even the solicitors at times we think what on earth does well, that mean I'm gonna <laughs> sleep well tonight knowing that <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, I'll wrap it up there, guys. I just <laughs> thought that we'd do a real quick podcast yeah. just to help you guys out if you are thinking about instructing a solicitor, what some of the things to ask for, some of the things to look out for, um, some of the pitfalls, obviously. You know, don't don't be um don't don't think that everyone's legally qualified, even if they are holding themselves yeah. out to be a solicitor. Always do your background check. Yeah, and just don't be afraid to ask the questions. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean we're here asking the questions for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely we are. That's so Perfect. true. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed that. Um, I look forward to doing another podcast and seeing you next Sunday at 12 o'clock. Until then, goodbye. Yeah, and hope you liked our background today. Very I know. professional. In the new studio. I know. <laughs> Little radio station. <laughs>